Welcome to The Ride. Life, Work, and Wealth podcast with your host, Chris Rowe. Chris, many years ago, was both a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Green Private Wealth, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, an IROC dealer. Let's get to it. Okay, well, hi, everyone. Thanks for returning to the show, The Ride. And today I will be talking to a very important group called the Caring Heart Support Network. And this group does some extremely important work for the community. They provide caring, compassion, support to individuals coming to an end of life um, by offering facilitation of legacy work, basically just someone to talk to, to help with these very difficult conversations and times for people and family at that end of life. And they give support to the caregivers, the individuals and the families as well. It, it, a tough subject for sure. Nobody likes to talk about death. However, death happens eventually to all of us. We all know this. And it's good to know that there is resources out there to help us or family members or people we care about when the end may be close. And obviously, for an individual or a family member, it's going to be an absolutely overwhelming stage in so many different areas. The Caring Heart Support Network, well, their job is here to help in these tough times. I was just mentioning before we turned the mics on that I had two friends in 2022 they, that both passed away at the ages of 51 and 52 due to cancer. And they both had time to get things organized, which was good. It was just really tough to watch the families go through this with them. And it definitely, uh, it puts things in perspective. It makes you think a lot about when you're seeing someone, you know, go through it so close to you. And it's just so good to know that now that I didn't even know about the Caring Heart Support Network when my friends were going through this. So now I'm glad I do know that this resource is here. So today we're just going to go through about what these wonderful ladies are doing and a little bit more information about the network. So thanks again, ladies, so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate you giving us the time today. And we'll start with, I don't, we've mentioned you guys are going to decide who takes which question. So I'll start with, let's start with what exactly the Caring Heart Support Network is in case I left something out. Okay, thank you very much, Chris. My name is Faye Brecklemans and I'm one of our team. So the Caring Heart Support Network has been created out of a desire to support members in our community in a kind and compassionate manner at the end of life and also through their grief journey. The three of us, Nicole, Joanne, and myself, all have had experience in one way or another in these areas. And we wanted to provide a resource to continue our passion for helping others. Caring Hearts has four main pillars that it focuses on. It includes offering support to individuals and their families navigating end of life, providing grief support in a variety of ways, offering community education related to end of life and grief, and finally implementing a network of volunteers to support this initiative in the community. 
Now, how and just what size is the group of volunteers? Like, is it just different resources you have, or are they directly part of the Caring Heart Support Network? Chris, so I'm Nicole Bruder. So for right now, we've just started, and there is the three of us. And as we go through today's chat, you'll find out more about some events that are coming up. And so we have a couple other volunteers who we have recruited so far. And as the network takes off, we will recruit volunteers as we need them. Okay, great. And then let's just talk about, obviously, there's a need for this work. We know that. But what finally was the motivation here for you three ladies to say, you know what, we really need to get together here and create this support network. So Chris, it's Nicole again speaking. So this network was created in honor and gratitude of my husband, Brad, who died uh, August 28th of 2021. I was his caregiver for three years. And because of my past experience in palliative care volunteer work, I decided to go back and volunteer doing something that I had a very big passion for many years ago. And so through my own personal grief work, I knew that I could help others who are walking the journey that I did with my husband. It's not an easy road, and especially when you're a caregiver for many years. So my role is to walk with those people navigating a system that sometimes is not an easy one. Yeah, I only imagine, like, well, I got a bit of a taste of it watching my friends' families go through it, but there's just an absolute overwhelming significant amount of moving parts here on things that need to be addressed and organized. So I can only imagine. Okay, let's start with, now, let's start with your experience. Like, is there, do you have qualified, like, obviously you, you've gone through it yourself. Well, Nicole, you were just mentioning you went through it personally. Is there other experience or qualifications that you three ladies have doing this type of work? Yes, there is. And so each of us will answer that question. So myself, Nicole, I became a VON palliative care community volunteer back in 2009. And with this volunteer work, I journeyed with three clients. One had ALS, one had brain cancer, and one had colon cancer. I spent two years with each of them until the end of their life. So this prepared me for what was coming ahead. And then both my husband and I volunteered at our local hospice for five years. And um, so we were proud of the work we did with hospice and the passion just continued. For me in 2011, I graduated from King's College with a certificate in grief and bereavement. From 2015 to 2020, I worked at a local funeral home providing grief and bereavement support. I facilitated grief groups, and um, I was also a funeral director's assistant on top of all that. So it's been something I've been doing for quite a few years. So I, I just felt that through my own exploration of my grief, that I needed to get back to something and to give back to others. So I felt that these past experiences have given me the knowledge and the education to help anyone who might come our way. Five, five years working at a hospice, I can only imagine some of the conversations you had with the people there that know that they don't have many days left. I can only imagine some of those conversations. Yeah. yeah. So Chris, this is Joanne, and I met Nicole at our local hospice where I also volunteered, and I've been there for over 12 years and doing 
grief and bereavement support individually and in groups, both with kids, teens, adults. I've had various trainings along the the year uh, along the way over the years that I am also a certified grief recovery method specialist, which is an evidence-based program out of Oregon. And it's proven effective in moving people through their grief. So I have various other trainings that if you go to our website and read my bio, <laughs> I won't bore you with them all now, but uh, you can see how some of them are rele relevant to supporting people through their grief. And just since you just mentioned it, Joanne, why don't we just tell listeners what the website address is? Sure. It's caringheartssupportnetwork.com. Great. Thanks. And just to let you know, my background is in nursing. I've been a registered nurse for 42 years. And in that time worked between public health in acute care settings and also as a faith community nurse out of a church in the Ingersoll area. And really my interest came from a variety of experiences over the years. First working in the transplant unit, there was quite a palliative care component of that in London. I also have had my own death and non-death experiences that helped inform that. And then working with the church for the last nine years out of Ingersoll, there was a demand or a need uh, very clearly that the parishioners identified for someone to be there after their loved one died and to give them support in that process. And so grief support and end of life support was one of my focuses that I provided my my professional training, of course, I continue my registration as a nurse, but I have additional training through King's College in University of Western Ontario in London in grief and loss and bereavement, as well as a certificate through University of Colorado as well. Well, 42 years, that's a heck of a long term. What type of nurse did you mention for 42 years? been in a variety of roles. So I worked as a public health nurse in Oxford County. I also worked uh, both in acute care at University Hospital. And then I worked actually in a role where it was an educator role throughout all three hospitals in London uh, for quite a long time. And then lastly, as a faith or parish nurse in Ingersoll for the last nine years. All right. So then thanks very much for going through your experiences and qualifications. And the next part I just wanted to chat about is who these services are for. Is it a one-on-one -on -one type setting or is there group settings? If you could just give the listeners some details on that, that would be great. Sure. So we'll start with end-of-life services. So they're available to anyone with a life-limiting diagnosis, either the person themselves or a caregiver, family member, someone involved in their care. And what that would look like is if, let's say, a, a, there's a couple and the husband is diagnosed with cancer, stage four terminal cancer, and the wife might want to make contact with us to provide some education around what might happen, facilitating conversations within the family with the person with a life-limiting diagnosis, all those, those sorts of things. We can offer quite a lot, short-term respite care. There's a variety, again, on our website, you'll see the long list of things that we can provide when it's end-of-life support. And then we have the other component, which is the grief support, and that is individual and group. So individual is ongoing. We're always taking on new client that is for it's on the timeline of the person so there's no program with it we meet with the people and we try to support them with whatever needs they have 
And we are running groups. We're just rolling one out at the end of February. It's a free form type of group where we'll come with a topic, a relevant topic to grief, and we'll have open discussion around it. It's a six weeks, six week program, and you can get the details on our website in the next couple of weeks. We'll be posting more about that. Okay, great. Well, that sounds like lots of options there for support. So that's great. And then the one on now, when someone comes to you and say for the one-on-one in that, is there just, do you have set sessions or they just, the people just keep coming until they feel like they're at a better spot with it? How does that kind of work? Well, it's a mutual agreement between the supporter and the client, whatever you you come to a natural end. So, you know, there's sometimes just one-offs where somebody is just having a really rough time and just needs to talk. And that might just be a one-time only, and that's good. And then there's others that can last, you know, months, months, and we see them weekly or bi-weekly. We're very flexible. We are volunteers. This is a volunteer network. Oh, you know, there are some limitations with our time, but we really do try to meet the client where they're at and provide the service that's best suited to them for the length of time that's necessary. Okay. And you've kind of answered most of that, but then, so if I'm going to contact you guys, what's the best way to do that? Um, does someone fill the information in online or what are the steps to start going through the services that you ladies provide? So Chris, there can be a couple of ways that people can connect with us. They can call a phone number directly, which is 519-536-3370. And one of us uh, of the team will get back to you more frequently, Nicole. So we cover each other so that there is someone on that phone. Or they can also email us at info at caringheartssupportnetwork.com. And that email is on both the Facebook and the website as well. Also on the website, there is a contact us button, which you can then put your information in and we get that, you monitor that email and we'll respond. And right now our turnaround time is a, a currently around within the 24 hour period, you should hear back from someone to find out what in particular you're looking for and then link you with which one of our team would be best suited to meet your needs. Oh, that, okay. Well, that was, that was my next question. That's great. That it's such a quick turnaround for sure. Especially when someone's reaching out and feels a little vulnerable going through all those stresses and that it's great that you ladies get back so quick. So that thanks for answering that. Now you mentioned that you guys are all volunteers. So is there a fee for the service or how does that work? So Chris, there's no fee for our services as we are all volunteer and the network is a volunteer network. So we've partnered with St. David's United Church here in Woodstock and we applied and received a grant from the United Church of Canada. So most of our services that we're going to provide are going to be of no charge. We do have an event coming up uh, January 18th. We're planning, it's called Food for Grieving Hearts and we're going to try running it once a month, except for the summer months, because nobody's around. <laughs> and that program will be with a cost of $10. And that's to cover the food. So what that is, is anybody who's grieving the loss of a loved one is welcome to attend by registration to come to St. David's. We're going to cook a meal together. We have one of our volunteers we recruited. She is a certified food handler. 
And so she's making up the menu. So if you come and you feel like you want to chop the carrots for the dinner, you can go in the kitchen and chop the carrots. If you don't, you can just come into the eating area and Joanne, myself and Faye would be there to have conversations. So it's actually a place for people to come and know they're not alone, but that they all have something in common and that's why they're there. So that's going to happen every month. And part of our mandate is also to educate our community in um, all things death and dying. So on Saturday, January 21st, we're having our first Courageous Kitchen Conversation. So this is not a grief support group. This is where we're going to offer a safe environment to hold courageous conversations about death. So like your final plans, your final wishes, processes, your financial issues, and more. So it's a safe place to come and just have that conversation. And just like grief work, these conversations, a lot of people can talk about death and dying with strangers more than they can their own family. Yeah, that that, that would make sense. That's the same thing with finance too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now, okay, so you guys are obviously very involved in the community and that's fantastic that you guys are doing all that. Now, what about listeners listening to this that live across the country or a different province, is there any virtual options with working with you? We've not had that discussion yet. Virtually would sometimes work if you're doing grief support work, but to work virtually with somebody who is walking the end of their life, that would be really tough to do because that is something that, you know, you need to have that person in front of you. But grief support, I do think that is a possibility if somebody, you know, the thing is, we are very resourceful, the three of us, somebody can contact us and say, hey, I'm in Newfoundland, and I can't find anybody, right? We, we would certainly do some searching and try and give them an answer as to where they could go. Okay, well, that's great. At least they, that they have that available, that resource. Now, what now does the people come to see you or do you go to the home? And if they come to see you, where's the location they would go? What area? So the grief support is being done out of St. David's United Church. There's an office that the church has provided for the ladies. Mm -hmm. Myself, I see myself going into people's homes. You certainly wouldn't ask somebody who is living with a life limiting illness to come to you. So my my goal would be to reach out to them and be with them in their environment if they're comfortable with that. That makes sense. No, that's great. That's I'm glad you answered that because I was kind of wondering that. <laughs> um, and then how far away can someone be part of this then? Like, obviously, you're not going to drive to Ottawa from no. Woodstock. <laughs> we live in Oxford County, so that's probably where we would cover. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't keep you ladies any longer. I can't thank you enough for the important work that you're doing here and it's definitely needed. So thank you so much for your time creating Caring Heart Support Network and for coming on the show today. And I'll just, I'm just going to ask one more time so listeners can make sure they get it right. The best way for people to contact you is through the website. And if you can just give the address one last time. Okay. The the website is Caring Hearts supportnetwork.com. Great. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. And Chris, could I just add something else? Absolutely. So you did ask about the fees. So our services are free, 
but there are times when people feel that they need to pay for something, right? So mm -hmm. donations are welcome and they would make the donations to St. David's United Church. And in turn, they put that in their outreach account, which is in turn the Caring Heart Support Network. And we would use any funds to keep educating our community to offer workshops. And Faye is our workshop lady. She's working on um, different workshops to have every other month. Or, you know, we're going to try and set a schedule and uh, educate the community and offer grief support groups and offer this food for grieving hearts. So we only just rolled out in January. So we are just at the very beginning of what might be something that grows over the years. Okay. Well, thanks for adding that. I really appreciate it. And we appreciate you inviting us today. Thank My you. pleasure. It was great to have you. Thanks again. All right, Chris. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it. How can we get in touch with you? The best way is always through the website, which is greenprivatewealth.com. And you can contact us through that. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Please, please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.